This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and also a toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm really excited to be talking to the medical director of the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, Dr. Tina Weissmer. We'll talk to her right after these messages. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to ER Vet. Super excited to have Dr. Tina Weismer on today. She's the medical director of the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, and she's also a board-certified veterinary toxicologist. Dr. Weismer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. So now that Halloween is coming up, and being that we Americans celebrate all our holidays with chocolate, I wanted to talk about how dog and cat owners can keep their dogs and cats safe during Halloween. Now, what are the three to five biggest calls that you get at the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center around Halloween time that poisons our pets? So you're right. Halloween is the beginning of what we call chocolate season. So you have Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and Easter. So Halloween is all about the chocolate. So we certainly have dogs getting into chocolate. We also can have animals getting into things like xylitol, which is one of our sugar substitutes, which is good for us, but very poisonous to animals. Now, when it comes to chocolate poisoning, I know that when I work in the emergency room, a lot of pet owners will bring in their dog when they eat one small chocolate chip cookie or one small mini size Halloween candy bar. What do you educate owners about in terms of the amount of chocolate or the type of chocolate? When should they call the ASPCA, their emergency vet, or when should they go into the emergency clinic? Yeah, we've done a great job letting people know that chocolate is poisonous to dogs. But unfortunately, we haven't done a great job telling them how much is an issue. So with chocolate, it all depends upon how dark it is. Milk chocolate is only about, you know, a third as toxic as dark chocolate. And white chocolate, it's not really chocolate. It's cocoa butter and sugar. It tastes good, but really it's not a poisonous issue for your pets. So for a 20-pound dog, you know, it's going to take almost nine ounces of milk chocolate to cause seizures. 
but only about three ounces of dark chocolate and only an ounce and a half of baker's chocolate. So in terms of white chocolate, I always joke it tastes terrible and there's barely any theobromine in there. Can you tell us a little bit about theobromine? What clinical signs do we see when dogs get into it and when does it become a dangerous emergency room visit? So theobromine is a stimulant that's found in chocolate. And the darker the chocolate, the more theobromine that's in there. And when an animal eats it, it may cause stomach upset, maybe some diarrhea. But as we get into larger amounts, we tend to see animals becoming more agitated. Their heart rate goes up. We can see muscle tremors and even seizures. But truly, it all depends upon the amount that they get into. About cats, do you ever see chocolate poisoning with cats? So it is theoretically possible for cats to develop chocolate toxicity. However, cats don't have that sweet tooth like dogs do. They don't really have sweet taste buds, so they're not big chocolate eaters. When is it important to go to the vet? In other words, can I just induce vomiting in my dog at home? Is there any advice you can give in terms of when we make that decision, either with your veterinarian or with the advice when you call the ASPCA, of when to induce vomiting at home when your dog got into chocolate? So certainly giving your vet a call or giving us a call is important because we're going to ask you questions like, how much does your animal weigh? How much and what type of chocolate did we get into? How long ago? And does your animal have any medical problems or is it having any problems from the chocolate? All of those are going to weigh in our decision on whether or not we can induce vomiting at home or whether you need to see your veterinarian. So an animal that may just have vomited once we can maybe monitor them at home. But animals that have high heart rates or that have muscle tremors have to see the veterinarian. And I bet that during this time of the year, around Halloween time, you guys probably get inundated with calls to the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, correct? Yes. Typically, we average about 33 calls a day about chocolate or chocolate-containing items. But Around Halloween, it seems like almost every call we get is about chocolate. So just to reiterate, if your dog gets into chocolate, you want to look for signs of vomiting, diarrhea. If they're really hyperactive, they may seem like they're thirstier or have a really racing heart rate. And if you see any of those signs, you want to get to the vet right away. And I always tell people it's always cheaper for you and less dangerous to your dog if you call the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center or get to your emergency veterinarian right away because the sooner we recognize a poisoning, the sooner we can treat it. I always worry that dogs get candy stomach bloat. You know, they have so much candy in their stomach. What are some simple tips that you have for kids or for their parents and how to pet proof to prevent their four-legged kids from getting into chocolate. Yeah, it truly it is about training the people in your household to not leave things where animals can get into them. You know, when we used to trick or treat, I remember my brother and I taking, you know, pillowcases and getting huge pillowcases full of food. And it was very important that when we brought those home, you know, they needed to be put up someplace where our pets couldn't get into them. And you mentioned xylitol, which I know is a sugar-free substitute. Now, hopefully no mean trick-or-treat neighbors are giving away sugar-free candy, but that's okay. Can you give us a little bit of information about xylitol and what happens when dogs get into xylitol? Sure. So xylitol, as you said, it's used in place of sugar. So it's really good for like if you're diabetic for those candies. 
And what happens when dogs get into it, it actually stimulates the pancreas to secrete insulin, which if you have insulin, it drops your blood sugar. And if your blood sugar gets too low, it can actually cause seizures and xylitol can also cause liver failure in dogs. But it truly is just dogs. It's safe for people. It's safe for cats, but very dangerous for dogs. And I know that xylitol comes in all different products. We talked in a previous episode how most of the time it comes in gums, mints, sometimes baked goods. But again, we can see that in toothpaste or even dental floss, rare types of peanut butter, lots of different types of products. So when in doubt, you always want to make sure that you keep that sugar-free substance out of reach. Now, I remember when I used to trick-or-treat as a kid, I used to hate the neighbors who gave out boxes of raisins. It wasn't very fun, even though it was very healthy. Can you tell how that could pose a danger to our dogs? Oh, that's great. Yes, they were never my favorite neighbors either. So an interesting thing with dogs is that some dogs, if they eat grapes or raisins, can experience kidney failure. So unfortunately, we don't know which dogs are going to have an issue and which ones aren't. But it can be deadly in some of our pets. The first thing we see with animals that get into grapes and raisins typically is vomiting. So if your animal has eaten any raisins or, you know, even some desserts that are made with raisins and they're starting to vomit, you need to call your veterinarian and take your animal in immediately. Right. So again, grapes, raisins, definitely poisonous to dogs. We definitely worry if they get into it because it can cause that acute kidney injury. So when in doubt, neighbors, don't give away boxes of raisins. We want chocolate and candy instead. (laughs) All right. I know that the ASPCA has this fantastic free app that actually has a chocolate calculator in it. And I know it can be really stressful when people are trying to calculate it themselves. So I always say, when in doubt, just call the ASPCA or call your vet. But is that app for pet owners or veterinarians or what information does it have in that app? So the app contains hundreds of different substances along with that uh, chocolate calculator. And it is going to kind of rate toxins. So when we think about things that are poisonous, You know, some things, the poison is only going to cause mild stomach upset. In other cases, it can be deadly. So the app actually gives you a range. So, you know, if I put in dogs and grapes, it's going to tell me that this could cause a serious problem and I need to call my veterinarian. So it's good for owners. It's good for veterinarians, too, if they need a, a quick review on things. And with the chocolate calculator, you can say, okay, you know, my dog ate five of these chocolate chips and he weighs 80 pounds. This is not going to be a problem. When in doubt, you can just go to the iTunes podcast store or wherever you get your podcast and just look for the ASPCA poisoning app with that orange and white paw print. Great information out there. Now let's talk about cats for a little bit. Now I know that sometimes glow sticks or glow jewelry are used as part of a child's costume during Halloween. And I was just wondering, are these dangerous or poisonous when cats get into them? And then what signs do we see when they do get into these glow sticks? Cats love glow sticks and glow jewelry. There's something about them that fascinates our feline friends. And they like to bat them around the floor and they chase them. And everything is great until they bite into them. And these glow sticks and glow jewelry are filled with something called dibutyl phthalate. 
which is some of the most bitter substance known to man. So cats start to foam and drool uncontrollably because, of course, cats can't spit. So they end up, you know, trying to run away from the bad taste and, you know, trying to drool that bad taste out of their mouth. So it's not highly toxic. It really just tastes bad. So you need to offer them something that tastes good, like milk or canned food or treats. And then, of course, wipe them off. Because if they're glowing anywhere, they're going to start all over with these problems if they lick themselves. All right. Big, scary chemical name, but thankfully not too, too dangerous. Just super bad tasting. So again, flush out their mouth, give them something tasty like chicken broth or milk. And again, turn off the lights and see if they glow. So when in doubt, keep those glow sticks away. For some reason, cats love chewing into those things. All right. We're going to take a short commercial break and we'll continue with more information on how we can protect our dogs and cats from Halloween pet dangers right after these messages from our sponsors. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy and I panicked. She was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I ordered the first 90-day supply, and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using Dinobite for the last year, and Happy the Rescue Dog is Happy the Healthy Dog. I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with Dinobite. It's going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Dot com. <laughs> We're back. Welcome back to ER Vet, where we're speaking with Dr. Tina Weismer, who's the medical director at the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center. And so far, we've learned about the dangers of chocolate, xylitol, that sugar-free substance with sugar-free candy, things like raisins that people often include, which can pose an acute kidney injury risk to our dogs, and even things like glow sticks or glow jewelry that cats like to get into. Now, I know there's a couple of other dangers I wanted to ask you about. A lot of people will have pumpkins and they'll put candles in them or they'll put you know spooky candles around the house. What do people need to know about keeping their dog and cat safe from those candles? We know cats are so curious. Yes. If I have you know cats or dogs in the house, I really don't want any open flames. Get some of those cute little electronic flickering candles um, because it only takes, you know, an animal tail knocking over a candle or, you know, a cat potentially, you know, lighting its tail on fire and we're ending up with a serious problem in the household. What about certain types of liquid potpourris? During this time of the year when it gets colder, people are in the autumn or pre-winter mood, and they'll actually start using liquid potpourri. Is that poisonous to dogs or cats? 
It certainly can be. Liquid potpourri is interesting. You know, this is the stuff that we, you know, light the candle under or put on a warmer. And it is a combination of essential oils. So the stuff that smells good and cationic detergents, which are actually chemical compounds that can actually cause chemical burns. So the potpourri doesn't have to be hot it can actually be cold. And if it gets on the skin of an animal or if they groom it off of themselves, can actually cause burns. So we can see burns in the mouth and burns on the skin. Right. Another danger that a lot of people don't think of are actually pet costumes. Now, I always think it's really cute to see dogs or cats dressed up in costumes, but sometimes it really stresses them out. Do you have any advice when it comes to putting costumes on your dog or cat in terms of keeping them safe? Yeah, you're certainly right. It really depends upon the animal's personality. You know, some of them love to be dressed up. Some of them, you know, you put a little costume on them and it's, you know, they can't move. It's like they've been frozen in place. So it's something that you want to try beforehand on your animal, you know, make it a good experience, maybe put on part of the costume, reward them with treats. And if they don't like it, then you know what? take it off and, you know, maybe a different pet or next year you can try it again. I know Halloween can definitely be stressful to dogs and cats because they're not used to 10 to 20 people banging on your door, ringing the doorbell. What are some good tips that you have when it comes to keeping your pets confined or away from the door, just minimizing that stress of them running out the door or being stressed out? Yeah, there are a lot of visitors coming to your house. So certainly, you know, we don't want them escaping. We always want to make sure that our animals do have some form of ID on. So if something like this does happen, we have a collar or we have a microchip. But typically what I would recommend is that we put this animal in a back part of the house, you know, away from the door, someplace where maybe we've got some music or the TV going. So the noise level is less. And they make these animal pheromones that are calming, that can actually help make your pets relax, give them some good treats, something to, you know, entertain themselves with so that, you know, they're not going to be stressed out. I always tell people if they have outdoor cats also, make sure to keep them inside for several days before and after Halloween, especially if you have black cats, because we don't want anyone playing pranks on them. And again, it can be sadly malicious where people will actually do mean things to animals or cruelty related. So when in doubt, keep your black cats inside or any cat inside several days before and after Halloween. And I also recommend the same thing with dogs. Don't leave your dogs in the backyard during Halloween. We don't know if there's pranksters out there. They're going to bark. They're going to be stressed out by people coming and going onto the property. So I always say put them in a quiet, dark room with some white noise. If they're used to being crated, keep them in their crate and give them a nice toy or bone to chew on, keep the radio on. But again, try to keep them away from the front door so they're not stressed out. So some great recommendations uh, just for keeping your dog and cat safe. The last thing I wanted to ask you, Dr. Weissmer, since I also know that not only are you a veterinary toxicologist, but you're a master gardener, are Halloween plants like pumpkins and corn, are they poisonous if dogs or cats chew on them? So fortunately, not poisonous. You know, pumpkin's actually a pretty good source of fiber. The thing that we worry about with corn is that if they do eat the corn cob, that can cause an obstruction 
that would need surgery to remove. And that can be a life-threatening situation. So we want to keep these things away from animals if possible. Thank you so much. Now, where would you recommend people going to find more information about how to pet proof or how to keep their pets safe during Halloween or how to reach you in case of an emergency at the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center? If you're just looking for general information, you can go to our website, ASPCA.org slash APCC, or if it's an emergency, you can reach us 24 hours a day at 888-426-4435. And I always tell dog and cat owners, don't forget to pre-program your cell phone with your veterinarian's phone number, your emergency veterinarian, and the ASPCA animal poison controls number, because when you're really stressed out, you want to have that information right at the tip of your fingers. So make sure to pre-program your cell phone and your GPS in case you need to go into the emergency clinic or to your veterinarian. Dr. Tina Weismer, thank you again so much for this fantastic information from the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me any of your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, but I wanted to give a huge thank you to Dr. Tina Weismer from the ASPCA and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.